0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Oh yeah, Pete. The theme from Debbie Does Dallas, as always. Say fence to the house. Another sales marketing behind the eight ball. Blistering assault. And I'll be back in a second. All
0: right, let's get
1: ready to about. All right, it worked. What's up, everybody? Vegas Vince. I'm sorry about last week. Vinny had the strep, had no voice, had Brad got booked. My girl Friday fucked it all up and didn't give him the PM. Vinny had to make her cry, but all is well here, and we're ready to rock and roll. Um, just some announcements got quite a few, actually, but I'll run through them quick because we got a great show tonight. Um, I want to start off by thanking again our new sponsor, Guy's Groovy Grab Bag. And as always, every Sunday in fabulous South Beach at the mobile location across from the Hooters, they got the going away to jail sale. And we were there last Sunday. Remember the Miami Heat? The Birdman was out there hanging? The Hooters girls were hanging. We had a great time. 80% off everything electronics, guys. Groovy grab bag. Going away to jail sale every Sunday. Smoking hot and computers, laptops, plasmas, whatever. 80% off on Sundays. Usually running from noon to 4 p.m. Guys, groovy grab bag. Appreciate them. They help pay the pills. What else? Guys, um... Vinny, finally, got some exciting news. Um, I know a lot of my regular listeners know I'm a huge boxing fan, have been since I've been about seven years old. I want to give a real big shout-out to two of my behind-the-scenes guys on the money team, Bruce Cohen and Mel Savanti, two of the best behind-the-scenes licensing guys out there in the business who have gotten me a really good deal in terms of doing my own show. More importantly than that... These two guys got me the terms I wanted, which is, um, as a lot of you may or may not know, if you're a boxing fan, all the major boxing sites, almost everyone except our flagship site, the BoxingTribune.com, are all subsidized by the promoters. In other words, the so-called independent media is actually a shill, and that's what most of these sites are. They're shills, they're run by Top Rank, Golden Boy, Don King, HBO, Showtime, certain fighters, so in other words, it's really hard to be objective when you're in the pockets of the promoters, and that's what most every major boxing site is, so my deal with these guys was, A, you've got to get me the money, B, you've got to get me the terms, and that is, I'm not in the pocket of Floyd Mayweather, I'm not in the pocket of Bob Arum or Oscar De La Hoya, I'm not in the pocket of Manny Pacquiao, uh, we're going to be bringing a 12-episode deal commencing this coming Monday, the following one, and I'll get you guys that date here, just so I have it. It's going to be once a month, 12 episodes. It'll actually begin day after my birthday, uh, December 2nd. It'll be boxing behind the eight ball. We've got 12 episodes um, in the deal. And I believe they're going to be being broadcast on BoxingTribune.com as well. And, again... You're going to get the real deal on the fight game, and you're, you know, again, I'm not in the pocket of any of these promoters. They're not paying me. This is not where the income is derived from. So we're going to be looking forward to that. Um, What else is going on? Uh, Oh, thanks, everybody. Oh, I got two of you who had to apologize. As a lot of you know, I do do sports handicapping, and my big play last night, as you all know, now you do anyway, and my guys who took it to the bank know, I released the New England Patriots over the Denver Broncos, and I know we spotted them a 24 to nothing lead, but what happened is exactly what I said would happen. How dare the Vegas odds makers make Bill Belichick and Tom Brady an underdog in Foxborough? It's insulting. The numbers don't back it up. I told you guys that when the Patriots come off a loss, they're undefeated. Peyton Manning is the most blown athlete, overhyped athlete in the history of the NFL. I know you all like to get on your knees and blow him. But once again, he did exactly what Peyton Manning does in big situations. He finds a way to lose. Tom Brady will never have the stats, but he's got something that Peyton Manning won't have. He's got three Super Bowl rings, people, and that's really what it's all about, isn't it? And he did what he always does against uh, Peyton Manning. What does he do? He wins, and he wins in cold weather. And Peyton Manning does not. He's a country boy. He doesn't like playing in the cold. Bill Belichick screwed up his head right to start the game when in the overtime when he took that ball and said, we don't want the ball. We'll, take the, we'll, we'll play the field. Brilliant. They all coached him. They all played him. And, yeah, I was sorry we had to spot that big lead, but everybody took the plus two points, you took it to the bank. And those of you who actually – Watch the whole game. Thank you for your emails. Appreciate it. Um, what else? Final thing is uh, the barterarbitrage.com site. Um, we've got two good offers on it. Yes, it is for sale. Um, we have, we've decided again to keep it running until about the 7th. I want two months of income up there, not to mention all the income that was generated three and a half years ago when we had a price point of $294. Uh, we have all that, and it is basically a control piece at this point. As you all know, I turned down every affiliate. I did that purposely because I didn't want to beat the product up. It's not just, you know, this is not really, you're not purchasing a website here, you're purchasing a turnkey business. I, anybody interested, just email me, VegasFenceLegend at gmail.com. Um, we can talk about it. If you're looking for high PR rankings and all that stuff, you know, you can find that stuff. If you're looking for something that actually makes money, uh, we got it. comes with all videos. comes with what BTR shows. It comes with more bells and whistles than I can even talk about. $10,000 sales page, etc. Um, trying to think of anything else. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Boxing BNA 8-Ball. I mean, my, the money team put that together, and you know, you know, only in America. Maybe Canada, but only in America could you get paid to talk about something you love. I love it. Uh, we got a really cool guest on tonight, guys, from cold-ass Canada. Um, I really like uh, there's some people he surrounds himself with, you know, that I don't care too much for. Um, he lives up in Canada. I don't mind that. And because uh, actually we got a big fight crowd up in Canada. We got John Pascal up there, Lucien Boutet, and some good fighters out of there. And I know I got a lot of Canadian peeps. So uh, this guy actually came across when I was doing the viral videos with the Girls Who Smoke.co site. And I caught this webinar this guy was doing, and I said, man, this is badass information. It was a webinar on how to use Flickr to drive traffic with images, and um, it really worked. And I think Brad was selling like the images himself, but see, I actually have some models around me and so forth, so I actually had all that stuff, and I just basically just took the information. And, man, had they not yanked that YouTube account, which was really discouraging, we had about 1.2 million views, and it was driving traffic. To the site, you know, once they yanked out, I pretty much made everything go away, but I was, you know, I left very excited that Flickr was as badass as he actually said it was, and it was something I had never even thought of before, so we'll talk a little bit about that, and obviously, we'll talk a little bit about Brad's background in the adult industry, because as most of you know, that's my background, I think I was on the funner end of it, I don't know, I don't know what the dude was totally into there, um, and as i 've mentioned on this show many times, the adult industry is the most cutting edge industry out there. These guys were way ahead of their time in terms of like continuity and the you know the the membership billing and all this stuff so as i 've told everybody it 's a much tougher industry now to get into than it was back in the day. But with that said, there's lots to be learned uh, from these people because again. This is where all the you know the, the so-called internet marketing gurus—they grab a lot of their information. I mean, it all starts in the adult. I mean, they set the standard, um, and we'll talk about that. But anyway, uh, Brad Goss is a badass. He's got uh, you know best-selling author, Confessions of a Chronic Marketer. It's a great book. Check it out on Amazon. That's an easy title to remember. Brad, did I get that right, brother? Chronic Marketer. Yeah, that's the book. All right, Chronic Marketer. I titled the show Confessions of a Chronic Marketer. Okay, Chronic Marketer. Look it up on Amazon, please. Brad, what's up, brother? Good to have you on here.
2: Thanks for having me, man. It's exciting.
1: Yeah, we got, I, we got to have Canada representing every now and then, so that's cool. Um, tell us a little bit about your background, because, again, I first heard about you when we did the, uh, when you did that awesome webinar on about Flickr, and basically... You had mentioned to me when we were, about the two minutes while we were getting ready to start the show, that that particular technique had worked in other verticals for you. But um, we'll get into that. But just tell us a little bit about the adult background, because that's very interesting to me. Because as I told you before we came on the air, one of my first jobs, actually, and I think I was down in California at the time, was actually selling... That's back when porn star actually meant something when, you know, nowadays everybody's a star. But back then, Ginger Lynn really was a star. She was, a lot of people forget, you may who you probably know, but she was the first vivid girl. And this was before Jenna and all this Internet. And it was back when you could sell, I think we were selling like a VHS tape to the, the stores for like $50. Of course, we had the big VSDA show in Vegas, so you'd meet the people, you'd get the leads. And I remember seeing Ginger down there, and I thought she was stunning, and she looked like the girl next door. And this was in 1986, and I must have just graduated high school that year, I think. I have to go back and look. But um, tell us how you got involved in that, because that's fascinating. That's, that's how I actually got in the business. That was basically – and it was fun. Again, VHS tapes, people, not beta, but VHS. If we were selling them for $50 a pop. Now you can get a case of 100 of those antiques for probably 60 $70, if that – <laughs> and you could get the DVDs, you know, from the catalog, from like Cinderella and some of those companies where they put their catalog out. But fill us in there, bro.
2: Yeah, my, it's funny you mentioned that. My very first uh, uh, interaction with video, uh, you know, porn in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Internet age uh, was, was buying VHS tapes from uh, studios, getting the licensing rights to digitize yep. them and, and put them on the web. And we actually had a... Know, dedicated PCR running all the time to rip the videos into a, you know, digestible quick time format. And, um, that was even before DVDs were really available to an right. adult. That, um, is, that is cool. I got my start in the late nineties. Um, I was always a geek, so got into the web early, um, but there was no money, you know, in the, in the late 1990s, if, if you wanted to sell, there wasn't, you know, we didn't have ClickBank and, uh, right, you know, the the, kind of, the kinds of things that we have at our disposal today, um, if you wanted to make money and and you know work on the internet, you sold porn that was mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, what ge- that's what the geeks <laughs> were buying um, and and so you know that's what that's what we got into. Um, I, I, you know, I saw the writing on the wall early that this was gonna because people you know it's different today, but like yeah. if you if, if you rewind uh, twenty years. Uh, it's amazing how ashamed people were of porn, yeah. and how um, you know people would park their car a block away from the porn shop,
0: yep, and, and, walk, <laughs>
2: and walk there, you know, and, and you know very very carefully, sometimes with umbrellas, you know, so nobody would see them. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. And, and and so the internet was was this, and I kind of saw this early on was this like doorway to the private porn experience that nobody could get. Up until right until then, right? You you got it with phone sex, maybe, uh, but you know, even if you wanted a magazine, unless you subscribe, you still had to go in and you know to to that grocery store or that that convenience store on the corner and and face the dude that you normally buy your <laughs> cigarettes from. And exactly, tell, tell him you want you know you want a Jugs magazine,
0: um,
2: <laughs> you know, and, and and so I saw that early on, and and the, you know the the reality was that was the way to make money online. So yeah, um, kind of you know. Dove into it, um, made you know, did, did a couple of hours of work with a, a, a model that I knew, and um, made like 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, for, for two for two hours of work. Back when I was like in my early 20s, that was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's That was good money. I, uh, <laughs> I realized that if I poured everything into it, uh, I could make a hell of a lot more. And so I did.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, you know, just. I put the blinders on, kind of ignored everything else I had going at, at the time, dropped a lot of opportunities, you know, eventually quit my job and, and right. did that full-time for, you know, went to all the shows, went you know, been to the Playboy Mansion three times, I've done, you know, all the, all the fun parties, all the...
1: Yeah, you know, the X-Biz and the you know, uh, AVNs and all the fun trade shows, and they are the best trade shows in the world. They
2: they um, are yeah and I've actually been really speaking at uh, I've been yeah I've you at spoke at you man
1: I was man, I was jealous on that gig because that would be something that I would be into now, back then I wasn't into the marketing so much, and then, you know um, that that seemed pretty exciting and am I correct I mean the adult industry really does love it or hate it I mean in terms like they were ahead of their time like just in the membership sites and in terms of um, continuity. You know, long before continuity became a big debatable topic online, they were doing that stuff. You know, I remember their CPA offers. Like the guys at BangBus, they would pay fifty dollars for a, a free sign up uh, because they had their metrics down. And I remember talking to the guys down there, and I said, "How much is a customer worth for you?" And they told me, "Vince, uh, we keep a guy average of six months." And I think they were billing thirty nine ninety nine a month. So I was doing the math at two forty. That'd Be uh, six times forty is two forty. I could see why they'd have no problem paying because people were saying to me how can they pay that exa- uh, you know outrageous of a high sign up fee and I said well because these guys are smart enough to have their metrics down and they knew that they could afford to they prioritized the market they were smart enough to do again the Rocker, Rockefeller method which is you know bankrupt your competitors or make them partners and that was you know by by prioritizing the market I mean they just basically outspent everybody and they could afford to you know, once once you have your metrics down. So am I right about that? I mean, they came up, you guys really did come up with a lot of the stuff you see out there today in Internet marketing.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, arguably the the first affiliate transaction was done, you know, through cyber erotica, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, there's, a, there's a number of, of sort of historical moments online that can be attributed to adult. You know, the, the first, definitely the first, you know, the first few credit card transactions were, either to to pay for internet internet you know appliances or access and or uh access support <laughs> directly, <Right. or> directly. <laughs> that's um, indirectly. you know it, it it was a um you know it was a pioneering time we did streaming video when nobody was doing it we did um, and we did a lot of things you know, live cam technology was was really kind of pioneered for uh, for adults, uh, a lot of the things that we just take for granted now, having a webcam on every laptop, um, you know all that kind of stuff came from, started in porn.
1: Exactly. Now you had actually ranked the
2: term porn for like, uh, how long, two years?
1: And by the way, guys, if you try to rank that word a day, good luck. I mean, that's that's pretty badass. You had it ranked number two on Google for two years or something, or?
2: Uh, yeah, I was at the number one, number two spot. Uh, bounced around and uh, basically in the top, in the top. What spot was that around. leading
1: to? I don't know if anybody ever asked it. I've heard you mention it before, but I don't ever recall anybody asking you what that site or whatever term you had ranked. What was it leading to? Was it an affiliate site, or was it your? What? What actually were you? You were ranking number one or two, but where did if a guy clicked, where did he? Where did he go? <laughs>
2: That's a good question. Actually, you're right. Nobody has asked me that. Nobody's ever asked. Then Paul- I mean, he's going to ask. Yeah the site's called Porno Shack it's still around I still I still have it I, I sold off I basically sold off the lease rights to it right um, but it's porno it's porno-shack hyphen it's porno-shack.com uh, don't and, tell uh,
0: people.
2: that's right oh yeah it's not safe for work definitely not safe for work um, yeah. and uh, you know it was a well-aged domain it was sort of well in my portfolio it was well positioned for SEO and um, I had a, a you know a, a, an apprentice working with me at the time who um, you know, had some SEO knowledge, we had some SEO knowledge and we kind of put everything together and I let him do all the work and and uh, you know, we we built up through A B C link trading, you know, the old school way. We got on I C Q and you know, Hey, wanna trade links and I'll link here, you link here, you know, and that was a that right. kind of a thing and this was a you know, not that long ago, it was two thousand and seven.
1: Wow, that's really um,
2: impressive though, because even by two
1: thousand and seven the market was so saturated, I'm I'm amazed. That's that is really I mean guys, that would be the equivalent almost to trying to get give me an example, Brad, of something in the real world, so called real world anyway, uh, that that would be the equivalent of ranking for today. Like just, Damn near like lawyers or something. I mean it really that to get that word ranked one or two is, is would be like really trying to get a generic word almost like lawyers or doctors ranked.
2: Or Justin Bieber. Yeah, or
1: Justin Bieber, yeah. (laughs) The Beeb. Yeah, I've got a line about Justin Bieber. If you're over 21 years of age and you go see a Justin Bieber concert, uh, you must register as a sex offender. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Vinny's spin on it. But, yeah, if you're 35 years old and a male and you're at a Justin Bieber concert, um, I don't want you near my daughter if I had one, or my (laughs) son either. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Oh, that's great!
1: Yeah. So, um, but no, that that's that's fascinating. Now, where did you did you how did you make the transition into the the wonderful world of just normal? I am then.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, see, I'd have stayed
1: right where you were at. See, if I had the technology, see, I don't. Vinny's not a tech guy, but I've done a lot of producing and I did a lot of my own content, which was a lot of fun. And I still have a couple of those girls from the old days. Not really, I mean, they're still young, but, I mean, they're like in their late 20s now. But they're still around, and they're. it's great because I can use them for, like, videos. Like, Danny Nix is one of my girls, and she's still here in Florida. So whenever I need viral videos done, she's right here. But um, it, I would have stayed in that. If I had had your knowledge, I probably would never have been doing this show. So I just didn't have the tech knowledge. I actually did it the old fashion way you have to get the camera get the model releases make sure you're 2257 compliant which is why all these people asked me about the business they said man you got a it's a dangerous business to get into because of community standards and you know I mean I had John Cornetta on here who was a big player back in the day here Um, and he had one of the biggest stores in Atlanta Georgia and I mean it cost him millions of dollars just to keep himself out of jail and and uh, you know it's it's not necessarily something you know I know we're gonna have people that ask but it's tough business because again um, you know, you go over to a site like Gingerland.com, and she'll have a whole zip code file. That says I don't ship to these zip codes. Well, the the city I'm living in is one of them. She she can't ship here. Um, and she's actually got these zip codes because these are places where, again, you know, you you can get set up. Um, it happens all the time. I mean, anybody reads Avn or something knows there's always somebody going to jail. Uh, you know, Max Hardcore, who's an idiot, by the way, but you know, he pushed the boundaries and got busted down here in Florida, and you know, he's got five years. So. Um you know, now I think Max brought a lot of unnecessary heat on the business, but, again, it's still, you know, First Amendment, and unfortunately it doesn't always hold up. But uh, that's what I say to you who I know are going to come on and ask me, uh, and I know a lot of you have. Um, make sure you have a really good attorney, and you've got to have the money to pay one of those guys, and they're not cheap. And, um, you know, and make sure it's an attorney that's versed in the industry, you know. Um, because if not, it's Russian roulette. You know, you got to be careful where you're shooting. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of friends of mine get in a lot of trouble. So yeah,
2: anyway, you can't that's... Just, uh, you, you, you can't just open the yellow pages and call an escort, uh, you know, to your hotel room yeah, and without exactly. a camera and think you're a, por- a pornographer. Um, exactly. A, you know, I think a lot of people still do that. Oh, absolutely um, they do. You, you know, but, but yeah, it, it's just, you know... Um, and, and or worse this. yet Craigslist. Yeah, let's put an
1: ad out on Craigslist. Yeah. So not only do you have the girl, but now she's an undercover agent and
0: <laughs> You're
1: in a yeah. town where you know Southern justice rules and You know they're still back in the dark ages and uh, yeah good luck with that and boy. They will have they love to plaster your face on the on the on the news with that. So yeah, I'm just telling everybody because I get a lot of a lot of people ask me about it. I, I would say, I mean, there's a guy out there named A.J. Compretto who's an adult industry lawyer that runs a lot of stuff down here in Florida. I mean, you can check him out. Um, I'm not real familiar with him, but I know he is an industry attorney. But I would definitely recommend, again, anybody get an attorney that's interested. But point being is, you so you were doing that, and obviously you were successful in it, and then you got into more mainstream marketing. And tell us how that transition went. Um,
2: well, it was—it's it, always been, you know, when you're in the adult business, you, you kind of feel like um, it's not legitimate marketing. Because, does, it feel like
1: the, uh, does it feel like a house of cards that could fall at any time? Do you ever get
2: that? There's de- there's definitely that, and and mine was, you know, mine did. Yeah. Uh, Be you know, living by the Google sword, you die by it as well. Sure. And you know. One day, we just got dropped to the you know, number 117 and for a year, and that was it. Um, but I think that I'd always kind of looked to mainstream. I was starting to go to mainstream conferences and events and really kind of getting my head around what that looked like. Um, because in adult, it, it's, it's really – it was a license to print money. You didn't yep. have to know persuasion. You didn't have to understand copy psychology. You know, uh,
1: how, you're right. But you know, I never thought
0: about that.
2: I never
1: thought about that. You don't need to uh, understand copy. That is really true. You just—it it really was an image-based, visual type thing. And it was, you know, if you knew how to write codes or not codes, um, keywords or tags. Tags, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, that was basically what it is, because that's how people search. And that's—that's uh, that's interesting. So go ahead and go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's a good point.
2: No, uh, you know, definitely it was it was a um, you know it was it was an easy business. You know, you you throw up a sequence of images or a, a percentage of a video, and you leave the rest.
0: To,
2: yeah, the teaser you know, behind video payment, yeah. uh, behind a payment wall, and you know you, you do enough of that, and you you get enough dudes hard every day, and they whip out their credit cards. And, yeah. You know, you, Lather rinse, repeat the process. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You know, it, was, it
0: was
2: it was easy, right? It was it was uh, yeah, It was it was a very yeah. simple business, and that, that, I think for me, I wanted to prove that I could sell more than tits. Yeah, yeah. I see. Okay. Um, well, that's cool. And, and so, given <laughs> given the opportunity to sink or swim, right? Google comes right. along, gives me the slap. I've got this business. I'm generating shit tons of money. Yeah. All of a sudden, the, the you know the rug's pulled out from under me. I took advantage of the opportunity. I laid off some staff and downsized my business and uh, rebooted a little bit. Uh, You know, I I was smart with my money, so I had had some money saved up. Well, you Canadians don't spend a fucking dime, do you? You guys are cheap, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's what I've heard. uh,
1: Don't shoot the messenger here. (laughs) Frugal. (laughs) I'll use the word frugal. That's what I've heard. I mean, when I get French Canadians that come down here, I have to put a frigging gratuity on their
2: ass. (laughs) <laughs> no, you don't have to worry about that with me. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I worked in the food industry long enough to tip well. Yeah, I hear you.
1: <laughs> so you decided, okay? So it's like the line in the girl next door. So and so isn't just tits and ass. He is, but he's not all that.
0: <laughs> so you decided you were going to
2: venture out. Yeah, and and you know get into mainstream and. and so I did, and, and like most people, failed for a little while, but right. you know, quickly, figure, quickly figured out what I was missing, which was, you know, sales copy and persuasion and psychology and understanding marketing and you know the things I didn't have before. I just thought, oh, you mean right. I can't just throw shit traffic at offers? And, <laughs> yeah, you mean it just is not that easy? I can't just throw garbage traffic at this and get people to buy it? And, you know. so it was uh, it was a learning curve, but um, I wanted to do it. Uh, right. I, I wanted. To, I wanted to make the shift because part of it is I saw the writing on the wall. Right. The free line in that sure. business was moving so fast that. Um, unless you are on the gonzo side of things, producing stuff yes. that you know a small niche market wants or you're um, delivering it on the convenience level, like at the hotel room level at LodgeNet or something like that. That's what I was um, doing, actually.
1: Our content was going to overseas hotels. and that's a, you know, It's funny. A lot of stockholders don't know it, and then they find out and they get pissed, but some of the biggest revenues hotels, and Brad, I know, will back me on this, generate for shareholders is, in fact, those overpriced, Adult movies that executives buy on the road.
0: Hey, it's review, true. Man. I mean,
1: it's outrageous too. I think. That, I mean, they can get up to fifteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, and you know, I know Marriott. Oh, they, got, got like, they got a
2: they got a fifty dollar all day pass. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And believe it or not, some of the people were saying, "Oh, where's our money coming from?" And they'd have to explain to them where it. And then some people would be pissed. It was funny. I remember it was Marriott or one of the big chains. Um. You know, they had shareholders, and they had to let them know where a lot of their income was coming, and it was coming from these. And it was funny how people would either change their tune or pretend they didn't know or whatever because, you know, if they got rid of them, it would be a huge, you know, drop in revenue. So. It's the extended warranty of the hotel business. Oh, absolutely.
2: <laughs> it's the big profit center.
1: Right now, in terms of copywriting and persuasion that you mentioned, who, how did you, where was the learning curve for you? Probably pretty high because you, again, if you started an adult, you know, you didn't have to be a John Carlton or a Gary Halbert to, to get, you know, people to your site, but obviously, that does require. Uh, a compelling, irresistible type offer now. So, when you got into the copy and persuasion, what did you who did you reach out to to kind of get up to speed?
0: Um, this is your chance say to say drop it. names. <laughs> <clears throat> oh,
2: I see. I'm not really a good name dropper, but the only guy, you know, my go-to guy for anything copy-related uh, is Colin Ontario. Um, yeah, yeah, know, very he's, good. He's my he's my guru. Um You know, I, I actually. Good. Uh, now that I'm involved in the startup space, I don't really do a lot of sales letters anymore. Right. But I had him, I had him do a copy review of an infographic that I created not long ago, and, um, and I still, I still, he's he's sort of my go-to guy. But I don't really study a lot of people. I don't buy a lot of, of courses. I'm much more of a of a trial by fire, split test kind of a guy. Right. Um, and so I I I learned a lot of it just through trial by fire and and kind of figuring out you know, okay, this isn't working. Let me hire a copywriter and see what happens. Okay, that worked a little better. What did you know? What changed? And uh, I kind of probably got in the middle of it too much, but I wanted to, mm-hmm. It was a, it was a part of, it was a part of the system I wanted to learn. And once I figured it out, I kind of I came up with my own style, which is what I really needed to do because I'm that type of a person. I have to I can't follow the pack. I have to kind of do things my own way. So I came up with this like comic book. Infographic style, style I love that, that by the way. I
1: saw that on your your site. You guys check it out at Bradgoss.com. That's G O S S E. And I'm even spelling it out for you. Dot com. <laughs> and um, you'll you'll explain to them what that is because you know what? That is really visually appealing. I don't know why I'm using that word, but when I look at that, I think people might even and I always tell people you gotta be polarizing, and Brad is. And, and what, it, what I mean by polarizing is if you get into this business trying to please everybody, you'll ultimately please no one. And you got to be, a, you know, you, you, can't, you cannot approach your marketing like you're going to make everybody happy. You're going to have to piss some people off. And I'm sure your blog, there certain people read it get offended. And that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned because those people weren't going to buy from you anyway. And in terms of what he's talking about with these graphics, I'm going to let him explain it. But it almost kind of looks like comic book style, and I love it. It's very easy on the eyes gets the point across very simple, I think.
2: Yeah, for, for me, uh, I never liked traditional sales copy. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, as an outsider coming in, when I first saw those, I immediately, you know, they raised red flags and I thought scam and right. know, these sort of – Red headlines, and they always open with "Dear friend," and for some reason that really dear got a friend. Again.
1: I'm about like, to put not, a serious I, fucking on you and bang your credit card, but before yeah. I do, I'm going to call you friend. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm not your fucking friend. We're not friends. <laughs> uh, you know, and and and, but somehow that resonated with a certain group of people, I guess. Otherwise, it wouldn't it wouldn't be on every sales letter. But I felt like I can't. I can't market to to my I can't market to something in a way that I wouldn't buy myself. Right. And it took me a while. It really took me a while to figure out my own niche. And uh, uh, my my uh, partner at the time, Justin Popovich, on a on a, on a project we were doing called uh, Fed Blogs. We were it was like two nights before the launch, and we had the sales copy written. And it was done in you know the traditional style, and it was just driving me nuts. And I said to him, I'm just going to stay up all night, and I'm going to have to do something with this, and you know. If I get up in the morning and you think it's awful, then we'll toss it. And if you want to, you know, split test it against the old copy, then we'll do that, too. And I came up with this style. It just kind of hit me one night that I needed to create. You kind of invented I, this I, shit, didn't you, I
1: think? Was there Because I don't remember a bunch of people doing
2: it. No, I, I, I don't know that I invented it, but I think I am trying to give came you up credit with a hybrid. Okay. I think you okay. invented it. Uh, you invented <laughs> I, it. Yet. I, All right,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> so how it <did> work?
2: <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, basically I just laid it out like an infographic slash sort of newspaper. Yeah. Um, and, and I used old school clip art, you know, I did it kind of my own way. And I, <clears throat> I compartmentalized the sales letter into more of an FAQ style with cartoons. Yeah. And it flowed in such a way where you just, even if you didn't care what, about the offer, you just wanted to read it because it was fun and interesting to read. And I overcame objections, and I did it in a fun and entertaining way, and you know, sort of all the way down and illustrated points. And um, it was it was an extremely fun sales letter. And and I remember um, we didn't know if we were going to sell four of this you know offer that we were just kind of testing, uh, or 400 or 4,000. Uh, so we ended up selling thousands and thousands of copies of it, and you know, it got WSOs a day and all that stuff. And I remember when when um, Mike Lance sent it out. That was one of the things he said in his email was, uh, I'm going to ruin my conversions by saying this, but even if you're not in a position to buy something, just go check out the sales list. Right. And uh, I realized that, okay, from now on, this is the benchmark. I have to do them like this or better, or I just can't put my name on it. And, you know, I, I, I boxed myself into a bit of a corner. But, you know, when I did my, when I did my book launch, chronicmarketer.com mm-hmm. has has that sales letter style on it? That's probably the best example of that copy style. Is Chronometer. dot dot com. baby. And it, you know, it's it's a it's it's just something that I've kind of grown into now, and people people know when they see that kind of copy that it's me.
0: Um,
2: and it's it's fun. Like now that I've now that I've found something that's my own that I can kind of put my stamp on, um, that was the part of it that I needed to make it. My own, and and so I worked with Colin on on that style a lot. Uh, you know, he was involved in every one of those sales letters early on, um, guiding me through. I remember the first time he saw it, he was just like, "Oh my god, this is fucking awesome!" Like he just yeah, loved I, it, and you know. So I, knew I think I was one on of the stuff.
1: reasons it works, Brad, to be honest with you, is it, it overcomes the hardest part, and it's a, it's usually the part reserved for the headline. But the the key to copy is you got to get people engaged in the sales page, and again oftentimes people live or die by the headline. They see the headline, and either they're engaged or they're not. If they're not, they're moving on. But with the style of copy that you're utilizing, I find, even if I'm not per se interested, or if I am, I'm more, much more engaged. I think that the amount of people that would actually stick around would be – I can see where it would actually work. Because as I kind of went through some of the stuff kind of preparing for the show – I found it pretty engaging, and I think that's the hardest part. Like I said, in traditional copy, it's your headline. The headline either sucks them in or it repels them, and they move on. And you live and die pretty much by the headline. And then, of course, the rest of it you know, has to continue hammering them. But um, with this style, I think it is definitely user-friendly. And, by the way, there's something I wanted to ask you uh, in addition to that, but uh, you can comment on that. I think that is one of the keys to the success of it. And I remember when I hit the warrior form, actually.
0: It's engaging yeah,
2: uh, I, I agree, and, and I think the problem is is that with headlines now, everybody is competing so much with headlines, and everybody's trying to top one another with claims and yeah. uh, uh, promises and, and crazy stories that have have become so ridiculous that people just ha- the bullshit detectors are so strong yeah. today that you have to break that pattern. You have to say, wait a second, I can't make another headline about how some bozo made this much money while shitting his pants, you know, on his motor scooter or whatever. You know, like, you, you just can't write headlines like that anymore and get attention unless you actually say the words I just said, and that might actually get someone to keep reading. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, you know, like,
2: it, it, it's really hard to get people to, to stick. You know, and a yeah. headline now, I mean, even even – Huffington Post and these mainstream news outlets are guilty of... Oh, like MSN is, fucking is one on headlines.
1: Yeah, MSN.com is actually one of the interesting ones because they actually do suck me in, but I'm always kicking myself because they'll put up one of these... They've they got some brilliant headline writers over at MSN, but again... You just feel used after you click because, <laughs>
0: yeah. you know.
1: And for a news site, it works because they're not selling anything. So in that regard, I think they're an overwhelming success. They've got some really great headlines over there. Um, I actually the headline my,
2: sells the click. That's the only thing. Yeah, it sells
1: exactly. The click. It, it worked out great, and for that, that's very good. And they're a great one to model because man, they're they're good. Um, but you're right about that. One of the disturbing things I'm hearing from you, though, is I keep hearing the word niche. Here, here we say niche. You, you people up there say niche. So I just want to bring that up. Vince says niche. And actually, grammatically, that's not correct. But did I say that? That wasn't correct either. grammatically. I don't think that's correct. But I'm not good for it with English. But anyway,
2: um, no, I think that's pretty let's badass. Just, let's, just follow, let's just call them verticals in that way. We yeah, verticals.
1: That's a word that you use to impress chicks at cocktail parties. I like that, verticals.
2: Verticals, verticals and metrics. We oh. don't say stats anymore. We yeah. say metrics.
1: Yeah, see, this is the stuff you guys can use to take a, you know, an intern home. Just use fancy <laughs> words like verticals and horizontals and, uh, you know, et cetera. So, okay, so you, so you got in, so you kind of found a style of copy you liked, and then what was the next, where do we go from there?
2: The uh, so next was the book launch uh, you know, I, I, I pushed that out With that, that copy style And it, it did really well I used that same copy style To build That's a how massive everybody list That's how you of, Promoted of, the
1: book Because I know the book Was an overwhelming success And I know a lot of people Out there have books out there I remember getting an email From the sweet Rachel Rofe Who is sweet and in innocent, And I said My God she's been corrupted Because she was actually Pushing your book And <laughs> I thought That was just hilarious Because I said Rachel No You've been corrupted by the chronic marketer. I said, not Rachel. I mean, that's like Why your little not sister. It's like your little sister, um, you know, getting busted with a dime bag on the playground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was really surprised. And she kind of put the little, if you remember that email she said, she kind of put something that was pretty funny. I'm not a weed smoker or I'm not a, you know, something like that, but I'm really recommending the book, and I just loved it. It was great. That's when I actually first heard about it. But That's tell awesome. us how you went about, you created the book, but I think more important, I think, is not so much the book, but how the things that you did to promote it, because I know people, and my book will be coming out once the site sells and my restaurant sells and stuff. I know people have been asking, but actually I'll use this time, because I'm one of these people, and uh, I know a lot of people have books, and I think the key, what I tell everybody, is you have the best, it's like anything else, you have the greatest book in the world, the greatest singing voice in the world, from, you know, some of the best singers are in coffee shops, you know, and then you have Britney Spears who lip syncs and stuff, but she's a brilliant marketer. So it's the same thing with the book. You can have a great book, but unless you are able to, you know, penetrate and get it into the marketplace, concerted action in the marketplace, rather, um, it's it's not going to do anything. So why don't you give everybody some tips on how, kind of take them through how you took this book. Um, you had somewhat of a name, but still, you can have a name and, and uh, you put something out. You still had to get, you know, you had affiliates. Tell us all the little tricks you did because, I mean, I, I'm aware of some of them. Just simple fact, I mentioned Rachel Rofe. Um, she's got a list, and obviously you had a deal worked out with affiliates as well. So I know you were doing that, and I know that a lot of this was coinciding, so you they would all hit it once and so forth. So you get a big, massive explosion on the other end. On the Amazon side of things, I mean, just watching it, I I thought it was very interesting as a case study. But I'm going to let you fill in the gaps on what you did, and I hope people pay attention to this because this is, you know, how Brad actually got the book ranked. I mean, this thing was number
2: one, didn't it? In all, number one in all, (laughs) number one in all categories, uh, and got to number forty on Amazon overall. Wow! uh, Like all all products, all books. Uh, so, this uh, is a real
1: case it, study it if you run us through it, but it's not theory, and that's why what well, we like having this show because we like people who really did it, not guys who write books about how they did it so
2: yeah, we didn't get to the just to the top of you know the Swahili category and <laughs> <but>, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you know it wasn't it wasn't a free Kindle book, this was a physical paperback yeah, which was that, really that's important true. as well yep. <clears throat> uh, so about four months before the book launched, I was 80% of the way through it, and uh, I was on a call with my buddy Anthony Aries, and he was like, Gee, you know, you've got to start building a list for this book. Yep. And I said, yeah, you know, you're right, I, I do, I need, to, I need to find the pothead entrepreneur. Yep. Um, and so I, I started running Facebook ads, and uh, surprisingly, they were a, a really low-hanging fruit money-wise, nobody was, yep. nobody was paying big bucks to market to potheads on Facebook. Um, so I, I was, I was, I cornered the market. I was the only guy displaying ads to people who like high times and bongs. And, wow. You know, this, so you really actually targeted kind of You actually went after it. See, I didn't know that. That's interesting to me.
0: Because
1: I didn't know if those I wanna, people I, other than eating were motivated to buy anything.
2: Other than, you well, know. Here's, here's, here's the thing. There's, there's a very successful group of entrepreneurs who also smoke pot. Yeah. That's and, brilliant. uh, I realized that you know I wasn't really catering to this market, and so uh, I started to I put together this this infographic called 11 Smart Successful uh, uh, Pothead Entrepreneurs. Wow. And it had you know had Steve Jobs on it and Richard Branson and a whole bunch of other people that you know well everybody could recognize you know several of the people on there, and, uh, a little story about them and what their connection to to, to cannabis was and. Uh, I I gave this away on the back of a Facebook Connect, and this was early on when Facebook Connect was still young and friendly, and people didn't you know fear it like they right. do today. Um, and I I I couldn't believe how many email addresses I was pulling in. I mean, the numbers were staggering. Wow. And uh, so I just kept you know, I mean, I you know I I'd love to say I did some you know. I, I did something stealthy, but just, well, I guess it kind of was, but I threw money at it. You know, I just kept yeah, yeah. pouring money into Facebook ads. Go figure. And you know, I, I've always I, said
1: that, I, paid traffic. I mean, you know, when people say, well, how do I get traffic? You know, why spend your lifetime? You know, you can't be cheap all the time, people. Once you've got something yeah. that you believe in, go ahead and, and test it with some paid ads, for God's sake, and yeah. try to figure out all these ways to gain the system with free stuff. And, you will know, oftentimes a paid ad is better quality anyway. I
0: mean, yeah,
2: yeah. You know. So you actually built I, up a list. Uh, yeah, I built a, I built a list prior to the launch. I didn't send them, you know, uh, biz ops and WSOs and crap. I just right. kind of kept, kept them in my own little, you know, uh, my own little house and, and sent them stuff about, you know, anything that I thought I thought was interesting about, you know, I sent them some PLR even. I sent them some, you know, basic content on affiliate marketing. Just gave them like a really basic internet marketing education while, you know, while telling them. I have this book coming out on April 20th. It's really important you buy it on this day because right. it helps me to become a bestseller. Not just buy it on this day. Buy it on this day because it helps me. Um, explained it. You know, transparent. Like, here's why. I want you to do this. Because I want to hit this. And how cool would it be to have a book about smoking weed and being an entrepreneur hit the bestseller right. list? And, right. You know, you, and I made it like a movement, you know. And, and um, people, you know, really got on board. And then the second phase was affiliates. Uh, and I, I didn't really go after people for the money uh, Because the reality is Affiliates don't do stuff for the money they do, We do everything for the money But at the same time it's not just for the money Because Amazon pays like 4 or 5% permission. It's not very much
1: No, I know that um,
2: yeah. But what I did was I got uh, you know, I think Close to 100 copies of my book
1: And you sent, sent it to uh, you, That's what I was going to ask you If you sent the hard copy to some of these uh, peeps That you had mailed for you
2: yeah, I did. I sent it to all okay. all the people that you know that said, "Hey, you know," that uh, I said, "Hey, I'll give you a, a copy of my book if you want it." People gave me their address. I sent it. You know, no, right. no, you know, no promise to do this, and I'll send you the book, or I'll send you PDFs. You know, no half-ass like physical shipment. You know, yeah, that's great. People, people love from, that from Create Space, and people were yep. posting photos in private Facebook groups of them holding my book and stuff, and it was kind of cool. And oh, wow! Awesome. Um, people, you know. It, he, obviously, the, the, they liked the book, or they wouldn't have promoted it, but they right. they got something out of the book. They read it. Um, I, I gave copies to everybody, and I also uh, thanked all those people who I gave copies to in the back of the book. See,
1: um, now that's brilliant. They, Hold on. That's like one of those Oprah aha moments. That's very powerful right there. Because then you make people a part of the book, and they're a part of the process. And that's, that is stealth in a way. That's, very, that's how, you know what, back when I did my viral videos, that's exactly what I did. I went around to the different gurus, and I got them ranked for their name or whatever. It was easy to do, but more or less having the hot chick in the bikini, talking about how great somebody was. I mean, I got a few marketers really pissed off at me because they had wives that didn't really appreciate what I had done. But, you know, with that said, that is really cool. Because, you're again, it's, you put somebody's name in the book, it's almost a sense of obligation they want to help you, I really think. I mean, obviously they've got to like the book, but I think that that's pretty brilliant right there. That's actually something uh, I would utilize right
2: there. Well, these were all people that had done, you know, <clears throat> right some kind of JV partnership with me in the past, and so I right. just had a section in the back where I thanked all my JV partners. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it definitely gave them a sense of ownership and a sense of, of being a part of it, and, and I wanted them to be a part of it, and... Um I set everything up so that they would get commissioned on the launch day um, but you know I just think that you know i I had supported them well they supported me well, and I said to them look this is this is a favor i'm asking you to mail this for me not sure. for the money, but to help to help me hit this list, and I'll return the favor one day exactly um, and it you know I, I mean people like Rachel were extremely gracious and uh, you know i i can't count the number of affiliates that came to my aid that day. Um, so between that and building my own list and my own internal list, uh, I was able to hit that that milestone. And you were able to have Kevin people Smith, uh, basically time to go out and buy on a certain day. Yeah, and I mean the sales came in a wave throughout the entire weekend. Sure. but I really, yeah. I hit the hit the number forty spot the next day, the Saturday. But I even did a I even did a spot on Kevin Smith's podcast uh, yeah. the day of the launch. We did a live video stream where. Uh, me and my wife and my assistant were smoking bongs for a few hours on wow. on, on the on, on the sales page, and you know, it was. he was can't smoke weed because I get too. I I, I I get I, I, I
1: got the big eyes anyway, and they get bloodshot. Last time I smoked weed, I think I was, God, I I was I had <laughs> actually pinched some from my grandfather, and my sister walks in and says, "Either give me some or I'm going to you out." And I remember us uh, using like twelve papers because neither of us knew how to roll and this was real potent stuff from Alaska that grew wild called Matanuska Thunderfuck that's what they call it it's very (laughs) famous in Alaska and um, we were we walked to school at 6 in the morning I don't even think we remember getting there we were just talking about this the other day this is years ago and I don't even remember walking to school so that was I think my last uh, yeah Uh, Have obviously nothing against it. um, I think should be legalized, um, but that's another story. I'm not going to make the show political. I just thought I was just
0: bringing that in
1: for the hell of it. Um, I just thought it was like I said. I had gotten the initial email from Rachel, and I just thought it was funny coming from her. And I think that's just what he's saying. People is if you've got something out there, try to get people involved in the process. I think putting their names in the book is really cool. Definitely,
2: yeah. um, uh... I've gotten JV partners through, you know, I have full-time cartoonists on staff, so I've gotten JV partners by sending them cartoons of themselves. Yeah. Uh, you, know, it's, you know, you just got to do something that nobody's doing. I, I think that's the big key. Um, the, you know, one person will say, "Hey, I made a personal video for everybody," and then all of a sudden, everybody's making personal videos, yeah. and they don't work yeah. anymore. You know, right. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta do something nobody's done. Don't, you know, yep. don't necessarily do. No, I totally agree. Put a a spin on it and make it your own. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I
1: was doing the virals years ago. I mean, I was doing that a a long time ago. And I've used the show for the same reason. You know, I've had some big names on this show just for the same reason. That's back when I was more into Internet marketing. Um, I'm not so much anymore, although I still keep the show going with people that do it. And... um, um, so so the book ended up being, what did the book, how did, were you able to parlay? It's like with this show, I've able to parlay into a lot of things. I'm sure the book led to some other things for you as well. Didn't it, or I don't think that was just the end result was to get a book out there, right? Maybe initially, no, but no. I mean, I know you had a bigger plan than that. So why don't you walk us through that?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously once you, you know, have a legitimate bestseller status, um, you know, I'm not a New York Times, but I'm an Amazon bestseller, an international bestseller. Yep. It, it gets you um, speaking engagements that are usually paid. Uh, like, I don't do speaking engagements unless they're paid now. Um, so, you know, th- I get a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, equity consulting, um, startups giving me equity to you know, sit yep. on their advisor board and that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's really increased my ability to... Um, not, it's not my ability; it's to increase my credibility. <laughs>
0: so
2: yeah, increased. it allows you—it uh, it
1: allows you to leverage your own credibility. Really, it takes what you yeah, have and it leverages it through the yeah, book. And you it know, it's an old school thing. I mean, Dan Kennedy preached for years, which was, who's the expert? The guy who wrote the book. And you know, it's actually true. And I'll tell you something else that a lot of you missed on this. I've been preaching this for five glorious years on this show, and that is that physical mail is old school and it works better today these type of old school tactics than they did back in the day because nobody does them anymore they're too lazy to lick a stamp they're too like I said most marketers would send a PDF you will get way more action if you actually take the time to get off your ass put it in the envelope lick the stamp put it out there and mail it far more effective than sending a PDF and I hope everybody caught that because there's a huge difference had Brad you know sent everybody a PDF uh, which is a lazy way of going about it, or taking the time and the expense to do it the correct way, which is to send a physical. Which I would have done. I mean, that is, I mean, that's not even that's something I wouldn't have even hesitated on, because I know that everybody is just used to getting information the same way now. When you can break that, I mean, you know, that's why pins. Com is still effective today. I just got something in today with the lumpy mail, and I'm, I guarantee I'll be opening it because I'm going to get me a cool pin out of there with my name on it. But that type of stuff really is
2: powerful today.
0: Oh, absolutely!
2: It's more powerful, like you said, than ever. And uh, same with the phone.
1: I'm absolutely. Amazed yeah.
2: At you know, when I pick up the phone to call people, they're usually off, like thrown off, because nobody calls them anymore. No, nope. so they, they answer. They're there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, you know, and you, you can go a, far, a, a long way with people through physical shipments and mail and, uh, and phone calls. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: No, that's that's very cool well, what, what are you doing currently or what did you do after the book if you want to run us to the, to the current stuff? So the book led to some speaking engagements. So you were able to parlay the book good. You got the, and as I said, once you've got that credibility established as an international best-selling author, that's something you – it's like a badge that you never lose. That's what, why the book is something people should really consider. And then, like I said, if you're going to take the time to do a book, take the time to properly market it. I mean, I think that's a key thing. And let's, you know, actually, let's talk a little bit about Flickr because, um, and good God, why anybody'd want to be a vegan or vegan or whatever the hell you people call it, I don't know. But you were able to, hey, we're going to use that word again, get into some strange verticals. I love that. I'm going to use that as like I said, the next cocktail horse. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to score with that verticals. Yeah. Okay. But you were able to really do something good with uh, Flickr. By the way, anybody spell out that? I think it's F L. I can never get it right. F L I C K R. dot com. It's an image site, guys. Where you can go over there and put your images on for free. And you can't blatantly. I remember I got in a little trouble with them because I was putting the website in the description a little too often. And what I would tell people is, if you got a website you're trying to draft traffic to with Flickr, you can airbrush it into the photo. That was effective, and they don't have any problem with that. But you got to be kind of careful. uh, If you've got 20 photos, you don't want them all having your website link up there because they they don't like that. I found. But I was getting, I can look over there now, and I've got photos that have eight, ten, eleven thousand views, and this is just stills that I took off the video off the camera. I would, would take stills of her smoking, and I put these up. I mean, they're still over at Flickr now. I don't know what name they're under, but if you go to Smoking Girls or whatever, you'll probably see my my pictures up there. But explain to people that that was a great free traffic source that you gave out on the webinar until I first found you. But tell us you're uh, a little uh, of how you use Flickr,
2: or did? Uh,
0: well,
2: I think yeah, your wife Flickr's, did too, right? Well, I, I did it for her. Yeah, my wife's got right. a, a a couple of vegan cookbooks, and so I helped her to. Drive some traffic to those. Um, It's God. But uh, uh, well, I'm vegan as well, Vince. Oh um, Lord. Yeah, I've been for 20 years. Oh, (laughs) okay.
1: We got to start over. All right, go on. I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: But uh, no, you know what? It's 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 like the YouTube of photos. Uh, Right. And you can upload you can upload photos there and submit them to groups that match the genre of the photos. There's another word for niche genre. So you got genre. genre. And you, know, <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, there's so much traffic on Flickr coming from these groups. I mean, you could even be um, – I, I remember I was talking to a guy recently who uh, photographed people in front of their exotic cars, and he takes rich guys and puts them in front of their supercars and right. takes really fancy photos of them, and he was trying to find more of those guys, and I said, submit your photos to the car groups you know, that, yeah. that, match those car, that match those car models. You're going to find other car owners that are going to love your photos and say, hey, I want to hire you to come out and photo me. Um, Absolutely. That's great. You know, I didn't even think of that. That's really smart. There's really, um, there's a, there's, if you look at Flickr on Alexa, I don't know where they are today, but they're still, they, you know, last time I looked, they're still in the top 100 um, yeah. most visited sites on the net. So they're, they're a significant powerhouse. Um, I'll actually bring you, I'll tell you what I'm doing with them today that's that's really effective. I still do a lot with the sexy models on Flickr because, mm-hmm. look, the reality is, is that if you're going to have you a site with pictures on, and you want a lot of views. Pictures of girls in their underwear. I've been it's, saying it's, this forever. Yep. Yeah. I
1: it's, hate. that It's, yeah, it's true. You know, love it or uh, you know, like it or not, learn to love it because it's
2: the way it is. You know, that's what I tell people.
0: Here's how i monetizing
2: cool. it. Here's how I'm monetizing it in a way that doesn't seem to bother Flickr. They, you're right. They don't like it when you put links. In the pictures, but what I found is if, if, the, if, if the user who's on that channel either believes that the, that the account is owned by the model or, or a friend of the model.
0: Wow, um, that's good. You,
2: you can put um, in, the, in the description a Bitcoin payment address and say I accept Bitcoin donations.
0: Oh um, really? I didn't. I didn't know that.
2: Uh, how much Bitcoin you can collect? I mean, I, I you know a lot of people know I'm heavily into Bitcoin. I've, yeah, I've, I want I've been, you to talk about I've, I've that been... after we finish Flickr too,
1: because I've got actually people in my barter course have been asking me. And I did a little thing on that on my on my barterarbitrage.com site about uh, Bitcoin, but let's finish up with Flickr. Uh, that's pretty brilliant. I probably would have been well advised to have made that account DannyNix dot you know whatever. Um, put her name up there instead of mine, because I think it would have been more engaging and got more views because people would have been liking. I get every day I go on there and somebody's liked a photo that I posted two years ago. Uh, it's, yep. They're still up there and still getting a ton of views. Um, I've never taken them down, even though I don't have the site anymore. But I what you're, based on what you're saying, is I probably would have been better off during that time actually making it so they thought it was her, the chick, posting. Yep. Yeah. That, and that makes total sense, and I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't figure that out on my own because I know how these guys are, and they much prefer to hit a button that they think is actually the girl because she's going to, you know, coo and crow over it. So that, that's very cool. But you're, you're actually – what you're saying is um, go on as far as monetizing it. I didn't mean to interrupt on that.
2: Well, yeah, just, just by putting in those – you know, if they think that the model is running the account, and right. you've got bitcoin donation boxes, you know, uh, addresses in the description. Uh guys will send her bitcoins and then he'll message her. A guy will send her bitcoins and he'll message her and say, "Hey, you know, I sent you uh, a bitcoin donation or whatever and and you know, you can uh, you can give them access to other photos uh that are for friends only or whatever. You can add them to the friends list and you know, so there's there's some there's some cool ways that you can monetize it and you know, it it's funny now knowing that bitcoins are worth like 800 bucks. Uh, you know, as, as early as maybe eight nine months ago, I had guys sending me you know one whole bitcoin.
1: Okay, and I don't you know, even know what so the hell a bitcoin is, so let's get into bitcoins because I I right. truthfully wouldn't be able to tell you what a bitcoin is from a bitcoin. So give us the overview of bitcoins.
0: This is okay, your opportunity
1: so to make a lot of people smart because I don't know what the hell to tell them. I don't know what they are. I didn't know if it was like e gold or something like. I have no idea.
2: Okay, so if, bitcoin is a is, is a currency. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an open currency, so there's no owner, there's no central bank, it's like, a, it's like BitTorrent, it's a technology. Okay. Um, think of it this way, here's, the, here's the, the best analogy I can draw for you. Right. Um, money is currency, like your, your dollar bills are currency, but currency mm-hmm. is no different, like if you go to a casino, and you go and get chips in the casino, yeah. you can use those chips to gamble, pay for your meals, pay for your drinks, That's and then true. you can exchange them out for another currency when, when you leave the casino. Um, nope. this, what Bitcoin is is it's, it's the equivalent of a casino chip for the entire planet. Wow! And um, it, it, the, the way to look at it is the, the technology works in such a way where uh, because it's digital, right? No, no different than your bank. If I move okay. money from my PayPal account to yours, it's just digits moving from one place to another. That's how Bitcoin works. Except because it's a peer-to-peer technology, there's something called a blockchain. Think of that as a public ledger. Right? So you, you know, in your okay. business, every time you make a transaction, you have a ledger. Everybody who runs the Bitcoin software has a copy of that ledger, so it can't be meddled with, it can't be screwed with, because there's too many copies of it that are, that are valid to screw it up. Um, and so if I send you money through Bitcoin, I update my ledger, and your, uh, you know, your version of Bitcoin, other, other versions of Bitcoin running in the system, all at the same time, update that ledger. Whether you're running it or not, you open Bitcoin... That ledger updates, hey, you've got money. It's sitting there. Um, It's basically that simple. You know, if you were to think of it in a really small community way, if there were five of us and we all just decided to write down when I give you something and you give me something, that's essentially what it is. Okay, that's why my barter
1: people are interested in it, I guess, because um, I guess my question to be is what is the whole thing based on? I mean, like, you know, back in the old days, gold in the United States, I mean, the dollar in the United States, rather, before Nixon took us off the gold, exchange, it was backed by gold, which really was, once they got rid of that, it basically was free license for the government to print as much money as they wanted because it wasn't backed by gold anymore, which is always interesting to me that it was Nixon who did that because you know, it just seemed odd to me. But what is what, what about the naysayers are going to say, and there's always critics for everything, and I'm not necessarily one of them, because I, I I'm not educated enough to form an opinion yet, although I know there's a lot of interest. But what about the people who say, oh, God, this thing is like a house of cards, and they will say that they don't think it's based on or backed by anything. Um, what is your answer to that? Because I'm sure there's people who are real leery of it. They're right. They're, they're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know
2: it's not back, It's not backed by anything, and it is a house of cards in many ways. So mm-hmm. so is many other other fiat currencies in sure. today's economy. Um, yep. So it, you know, it definitely it's risky, and it's def- it's not a place where I would say invest your life savings. Uh, right. If you're like me, if you're like me, I'm a I'm a very risk averse investor. I invest money in places that are volatile and risky. I love risk. I have yeah. a high tolerance for it. If you don't. Go buy mutual funds. I I totally Uh,
1: agree with you. I would be the type who would be interested in investing in it because I'm the same way. I used to trade pork bellies and everything else, and, boy, that was like, you know, that was action. (laughs) Because you could be lock limit down or, you know, up, and you never knew. And, uh, you know, you could make a fortune in a day or some days, you know, you want to jump out of the top of the penthouse, but um, yeah. that's interesting. I, th- I I agree with you on that. I mean, if you're if you you know if it's something that you think's too risky, then my answer would be don't get involved with it. But
2: it's, yeah, it's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not pretending that it's a replacement for our current system or that it that it replaces dollars. Uh, it's definitely a niche market, you know, yeah. for a small group of people. And, niche in America uh, for you Americans, it's a niche. It's, okay, go ahead. You know. If, if you gravitate to it, great. If you if, if you're afraid of it, then be afraid of it and don't you know, because the reality is is that it has no base, has no backing,
0: right? Um, you
2: know the, the the value has has tumbled before, uh, you know it's gone. I mean it's it, it, you know it's gone as high as nine hundred dollars. It's gone as low as you know ten, and <laughs> everywhere wow. in between in the last in the last year. Uh, but lately it's 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 on a rally because the Chinese are buying it. Um, and, you know, well, you know
1: what? Like that's kind of a good endorsement right there If the Chinese are buying it up, I mean, that's a pretty savvy group over there That's, that's pretty interesting yeah, I wasn't yeah, aware yeah, I, of that, I didn't know it was a global thing like. See, again, I, I was, I'm glad we talked about this Because I've had people ask me about it in my course And I'm I really not qualified to answer it So this is actually good to get somebody's spin on first time I think we talked about Bitcoins on the show Yes
2: yeah. Uh, I, I've been into it for a while, it's, You know, I, I I have a mastermind group and I advise them to start investing 10% of their uh, portfolio money into Bitcoin. And, really? Okay. Um, Where, is you there any sites 10- out there, Brad?
1: Is there any sites out there people can, can read about Bitcoins or do you got information on Bitcoins they can get from you?
2: Um, just, uh, uh, just Google it. I mean, there's just so Google much... Just Google it, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, B- B- the, the Bitcoin Foundation, which I'm a member of, has a lot of education out there. They're, they're very, you know, good at, <laughs> at getting the word out. So, you know, they've okay. got videos and, and infographics and all kinds of stuff that explain cool. it all and, and break it down.
1: Okay, so somebody, it's actually something somebody like gold or silver, precious metals or whatever could invest in then. That's interesting, too. Yeah, I know that.
2: I, that's actually where I got, that's where I got that's my, interesting. you know, I came, I, I came from gold, silver investing and, you know, platinum, yep. platinum palladium, that kind of stuff, and, yep. and got, got interested in Bitcoin just because, you know, I'm a geek and I, I like emerging stuff. So, um, yeah, if you had if invested 10K, if you were in my mastermind group and you invested 10K the first time I endorsed Bitcoin to my group and said, actually buy it, um, then today you, you would have uh, close to 90K. Oh, eighty nine
1: thousand
2: awesome. um, dollars. I actually gave
1: out the play on palladium about God, I don't know, three or four years ago when it was down to a certain number, and it's funny because that's the only medal that's tripled since I did that show on the medals and, and and that's funny when you mentioned palladium, I didn't even know if anybody else knew what the hell that was, but me. But that's a, that's one of those dude, buy, metals. That's a great metal because it, it, if you look at the historical charts. Palladium is it it's it shoots up here and there. It's one of those metals that when it gets low I like to grab. I think it was like two hundred bucks back at White House. Yeah. It's
2: yeah. poised to go up. It's it's seven, eight hundred bucks right now. I buy yeah. a one ounce palladium coin, the Canadian maple. The Canadian made, coin, right? They've got the Canadian yeah.
1: maple leaf or something. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty yeah. cool. I thought that was neat. I actually was looking on ebay one day and I saw that they had gotten and at my coin shop they, they carry Uh, Palladium, and they have it in the. I think it's the one ounce maple leaf or whatever, which we're all familiar with in gold. But that's very cool. Well, let me ask you this: where where we are? uh, Where are we at
2: currently? What are you doing now? And
1: then tell people where they can find you.
2: I'm uh, working with a startup called Bug Score, like ladybug, Um, bugscore.com. We're a a scoring platform for everything. Um, So imagine, you know. You've got TripAdvisor when you go to a hotel, but how do you rate President Obama? Okay. Uh, you know, we, we give you a platform to rate uh, people, so public people like politicians, celebrities, authors, business people, whatever, uh, businesses and products, uh, plus your own thing. Um, something that we're working on right now is, uh, is, is ad scoring. So you know, imagine you're an advertiser and you've got a whole bunch of ads you want to split test. But before you split test them, you don't you don't want to just know how well the kind of click through rates they get. You want opinions from people in your demographic.
0: That's uh, brilliant. You can
2: run you can run ad split tests with us, and we'll actually have people score them on various attributes and give you market research data on yeah, your to ads. Yeah, it's like
1: public research almost. And that's and you know what people love. You know, I've always said the world loves a critic, and the, the people love a rate stuff, because, you know, they love yep. to have their opinions validated. People, I mean, I could see where that would be huge. That's not, I mean, to ask somebody to sit down and give their opinion, now you're validating their worth as a human being. I could see where that would be very effective. I, I, I could see where that would be extremely, and I, it, it would seem to be very easy to get people to do that, because everybody's got an opinion on something, especially politics, whatever it is, you know, not just politics, but anything like that. Anything that's compelling or polarizing, they've got an opinion on. So I could see where that would be extremely. I could see where a guy could take that information and really monetize it directly to the major consumer brands.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of monetization plays there for us. There there are startups mm-hmm. that came to me, uh, you know, as, as an advisor, and and I've been helping them quite a bit. I've kind of poured all, a lot of my resources into them because I, I I feel like they can go big places. Yeah. Um, uh, and I agree. I'm, I'm with you. I think people really want to share their opinions. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and and as companies, we want them, right? We want to be able to have score buttons that we can embed on products to see what you know what people like, what they don't like, and why, um, and start developing based on that. You know, a lot of the data that we get right now is, as as uh, sellers online is kind of blind. It's all it is blind. Of, yeah, it's totally and, and, blind. Or they do a real old school. Yeah. 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 That's uh, I think you so just now, now we're getting
0: opinion.
1: Yeah. No, and I'm gonna tell you something, that's just I know I know Mayo, who I talk a lot about on my show, uh that that's something guys I know a lot of you follow him, that's something he preached forever. I mean you that that they actually um for a million dollars, they have clients that pay them to do just what you're doing. Uh which is Getting the actual research done, and and um, they they do what's called overlapping marketing. All these various funky things where they can um, tell you that the people that buy X also buy Y and Z, and and they they really yep. delve into this thing so deep. For big companies, that it's almost scary the amount of information they get, and it really helps people doing cross promotions and everything. Because if you know if somebody buys roses, they're likely to buy this, and they've got it down to a science. So I think that's a winner. I really do. I think that's very cool. I like the, I like Thanks. the whole concept of that. That's very cool. I think you're on the right path with that. I hope that company. Let me know when they're going to be an IPO because Vinny wants the I will. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> very cool.
2: Say the name of that again. That company, so I can write that down. Bug- it's BugScore. Bugscore.com. Bugscore.com, uh, I like
0: that. Good.
2: The, good. The name comes from uh, comes from farming, and uh, they used to they used to use uh, a, a score of ladybugs, and more ladybugs mm-hmm. meant less meant less uh, pests in your crops. So um, you know, it's kind of. That's right.
1: No, I remember the ladybugs up in Alaska. They used them all the time for that. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't even thought about them
0: in a while.
1: That's actually that's true. They that's right. They use them in farming. I remember that. They're actually, they attack something, don't they, or some other bug? Or They don't. They do something. What,
0: what the they, hell? Uh, yeah, they
1: eat, I think they eat aphids and, and Aphid. other creatures. That's that, what it was, yeah. aphids. Yeah, yeah, because of the plants that we get, I know that I actually had a, uh, I think when we were kids, our landlady, um, she, was, she owned the property and had trees and stuff, and they brought in the uh, ladybugs in because the aphids were attacking the trees and wow. so forth, and that was really cool. And I remember her telling me about that, and I remember them. That's, that is cool. Well, Shetba, this has been a lot of fun, and man, we covered the gamut. We went from adult to bitcoins (laughs) and chronic marketing and everything. And I appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun, man. I'm glad we did this. Like I said, I I filed you away in my head after I listened to that webinar. I said I'll get this guy on one day, Um, and I appreciate you taking the time.
2: I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a lot of fun, definitely. Uh, we, we did cover a lot of gamuts. It's been, yeah, we did. Uh, it's been we did. And
1: this show will be archived for everybody. So if they missed the live version, uh, the show will be forever archived up here. And I know we got, had a ton of listeners on tonight on the live version, and we'll get a lot more in the coming days because that's how we roll here. But uh, I appreciate it very, very much. This was very cool. And, um, guys, check him out at bradgoss.com and uh it's B R A D G O S S E dot com and chronic dot com. Buy the book. It's on Amazon if you don't have it, Chronic Marketer. And um I'm gonna get ready to roll it out. I wanna thank everybody again. Uh appreciate everybody continues to buy barter arbitrage. We're selling a ton of it. It just continues to sell and it'll continue to roll and I appreciate everybody supporting that. Uh my Handicapping clients, appreciate you guys. Glad we delivered you a winner last night. That was a lot of fun to to score a win for you guys on a game that started out so uh, abysmal. But uh, it's really it, it only matters what the final score is, not scored at halftime. And again, I want to thank uh, my guys on the money team, Mel and Bruce Cohen, for putting together the uh, Boxing Man the Eight Ball. A twelve episode deal that will commence on December second, which is a day after Vinny's birthday. that'll be um, I'll probably be running that in the sports category, but again, um, this was a lot of this was a lot of uh, good information guys on Flickr. Again, Flickr is a good check Flickr out. Check Bitcoins out if you're interested. Uh, check out Brad's stuff online. He's got a lot of stuff up there. And as far as the style of copywriting he's talking about, that's available. You can see examples of that at chronicmarketer.com or Brad's site, the blog. Um, it's, a, it's a very cool style, and I really like it. So good stuff tonight, as always. So we're going to end on that, guys. As always, may you live to see the dawn, may all your dreams come true, and may you always remain forever young. Stay legendary. I'll be back at you next week. Good night. God bless. Brad, thank you, brother. Good night. Thank you. All right.